Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest today is Teresa Iglesias Solomon, who is Vice President of Multicultural and Latino Initiatives for Best Buy Company, Inc. Today we will discuss Best Buy's marketing strategy targeting Latinos in the United States. Teresa leads strategies relative to serving diverse customers with an emphasis on Hispanic communities. Her cross-functional team is responsible for gaining deep understanding of different cultures and translating that insight into respectful and meaningful relationships in the company stores, online, and in their customers' communities. Teresa, a 20-year industry veteran and native Latina who has lived and worked in Mexico and the United States, joined Best Buy in 2007. Prior to working with a national retail company, she led marketing efforts targeted to the U.S. Hispanic market for Domino's Pizza, where she established the company's first-ever Hispanic Advisory Council and launched a successful national Hispanic campaign tied to the World Cup. Prior to that, she also worked for Acubite Dental, Kellogg Company, and Lever Brothers, where she launched the first national campaign for close-up toothpaste, targeting the Hispanic market in the United States. Teresa earned her Master's in Business Administration from Stanford University in 1986. She currently serves on the Board of Directors of Amcor Bank, a regional chain with locations in Wisconsin and Illinois. And she is a member of Latinos Unidos, a nonprofit organization serving the Latino community in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Teresa, welcome. Thank you. Now, this is really a, a broad topic in a lot of ways because, of course, as a national company, I'm sure that you have many approaches and many strategies when you look at diverse market segments that you target. Let's just start very briefly, if you would, help us understand the basic business concept behind Best Buy. How would you define the company? Is, is it accurate to say that you're a national retailer, for example? Uh, it, well, we are actually a global company. Uh, we not only have a presence here in the United States, but we have stores in Canada, Mexico, uh, the U.K. with uh, several other uh, European countries. Uh, Turkey uh, and China, and uh, so we we are really have a a global reach, which uh, really helps my group and what we're doing because by becoming global, you by definition become multicultural and multilingual, and so it, the approach as far as what Best Buy we believe better than anybody else is to really connect with our customers, understand what technology can do to help solve either a, a problem that they have or really live their life at their fullest. And we provide not only the products, but the service and the expertise and try to making those connections so that for a person like myself who is uh, a Latina, as you mentioned, I happen to have grown up in Mexico. Uh, Best Buy makes it easy for me to share, uh, you know, how my three kids are doing here in the United States with my family in several parts of Mexico, along with uh, many other relatives that I had that I have around the United States and even some in Spain. So to me, uh, that's what Best Buy would bring to a person like myself who has maybe a, a little bit of a different need profile than uh, many other members of what we call the general market in the United States. Now, when we talk about your job as Vice President of Multicultural and Latino Initiatives, we are talking about a national effort, or does that extend beyond the continental United States? Um, well, it, it, it does extend beyond the con I, I was thrown a little bit when you said continental United States because, you know, Puerto Rico is part of the, of the United States. It is obviously not part of the continent. Uh, and uh, because we do have a presence in Mexico, we've been very on purpose to really um, 
leverage what we're doing in the United States to see how we can connect with Puerto Rico and Mexico, but also to learn from Puerto Rico and Mexico as far as how to do a better job with connecting with our Latino uh, folks here in the United States. Understanding very well and very clear to us that the Mexican national that lives in Mexico City is a very different customer than the U.S. Latino uh, national here in the United States, or even the the Puerto, you know, the U.S. citizens that happen to have been born in Puerto Rico. So understanding those differences, but uh, focusing on the similarities. Tell us a little bit more about that, Teresa. I think that's very interesting because it really goes to the core of the issue when we look at marketing in the United States. A lot of people say, well, Latinos in the United States are like any other market in the United States. Why do they need to be put aside in a different category? Why do they need to be catered to in a special way? So what have you discovered in relation to that? Uh, you were just highlighting that the Puerto Rican market and the Mexican market are distinct from the U.S. Hispanic market. Would you flesh that out a little bit more for us as it relates to Best Buy? Uh, sure. I mean, I think we all come to understand and, and not to... Um, I think that when we talk about multicultural customer segments, it's, it really isn't that much different than talking about a, a another subsegment of a customer base. So, um, you know, we talk about at Best Buy, we don't treat our customer segment as we don't treat what we call the general market as this monolithic segment of, of customers that all have the same needs and likes, and 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 we use that same filter on every other customer that we look at. So uh, obviously Latinos are not are no different than that. As a matter of fact, I would argue that they're a, a little bit more challenging because we have the same multi-dimensions that a non-Hispanic white customer may have. So we all are uh, maybe men or women. We may be empty nesters. We may be... Uh, you know, bringing up a family, we may be more or less educated, et cetera, et cetera. But then you add a different language and cultural need that uh, many of us Latinos have held on to for many, many years. The, the immigration of Lat Latinos from Latin America and Spain to the United States is, has, as you well know, has been very different than the European immigration of, uh, you know, 100 plus years ago, where when people left Europe, they came to the United States, obviously, uh, in a different era when communication to your native land didn't exist, when traveling to the United States via boat was two or three months, um, where really coming to this country meant uh, uh, really not being able to, to be tied to your culture and country of origin that easily versus today when you look at our immigration patterns from Latin America to the United States, we go and come to the United States. We're, you know, online with our families in different countries. We're calling them on the phone. We're, you know, Skyping like we are right now. We're um, texting. We, we turn on the television and we find a channel that's in Spanish that talks about things that are happening in our native country. So the connection with the culture is very, very dynamic. And, and, and because of that, we continue to be very, very connected to this culture. So if you add to that sort of multi-segment that I was talking that, that or multi-segmentation that occurs in every different customer base that we look at, and then at the culture and then the, lang the different language needs because many of us arrive to this country at a different age with different education level. Uh, maybe we arrive to a place in the United States where nobody else speaks Spanish or maybe we go to Little Havana where there's almost nobody who speaks English. So our ability to, uh, to learn the, the, a new language is, is very different. So we want, you know, our philosophy is, and, and we're not there yet. I, I can't say that we're perfect and very far from it. But if I could say at some point, um, you can, you can, trend, you can communicate and connect to Best Buy in your language of choice, whatever that language is. 
I could basically retire. <laughs> that 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 does not happen yet. It, and when I say language, it's 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 language and culture. So we're about making sure that when you come into our stores, we understand your culture. We understand if you like to be sp- in in the case of Latinos, if you like to be spoken in Spanish or English, or it could be Spanish and English, because we understand that sometimes we as Latinos come in and shop at retailers with our posse, right? We come with our family. We come with abuelita. We come with uh, kids. Sometimes abuelita needs to be spoken in Spanish, and maybe my kids may not even know Spanish that well. They prefer English, and maybe I'm doing the translation in the middle. So it's it's really comfortable to find somebody who comes in who is respectful to my mother, who speaks to her maybe in Spanish and can speak to my kids in English and, and create that rapport and really the, the beginning of a relationship and, and understand that we basically, at times, all participate in the decision-making of you know a home theater solution or, or something or a big computer that we want to buy for the whole family. So, um, so, so we need to understand all of those tonalities to all of our customer uh, segments that we try to target. And it just so happens that when you talk about multicultural folks, there's a couple of, of other nuances, if you will, that we have to sort of pull into, throw into the gonculator, if you will, to try to figure out how to best serve those customers. When you talk about your core audience, Teresa, in terms of Best Buy in general and the Hispanic market, would you say that there is a higher percentage of U.S. Latinos that is acculturated or a higher percentage that is unacculturated? How would you break down the Latino consumers that are your customers? Would you help us get an understanding of that? Sure. Uh, we've we've uh, we've landed on a sort of name for our segment that we call Mi Familia, and so Mi Familia is a sort of picture family of two or three uh, with two or three kids that are probably uh, uh, you know maybe one is eighteen and older and probably the other two eighteen and younger uh, middle aged parents who have been in the States for about five or more years um, that are probably comfortable speaking Spanish at home and English at work. Uh, so our core customer is this sort of bilingual customer segment that is here in the United States that, uh, uh, you know, so, so when I say five or more years, we, we sort of have folks that have been born here and obviously folks that uh, may have been here for a little bit less than that. Um, so that, that's sort of our, our bull's eye, if you will. We're very clear that there's sort of a halo effect to that bull's eye where we are uh, also connecting with the more acculturated Latino that's here just because our store in general for Latinos is very aspirational. It's a store that, you know, they think of Best Buy, it's like, wow, Best Buy, it's a great place, beautiful store, great selection. But what we find, unfortunately, at at sort of different levels of, uh, depending on who you're talking to, sometimes our customers say all of those great things about Best Buy, and then they say, "Uh, but it's just not for me. And those are the customers that we really need to convince that we are absolutely for them. You know that we are we are changing things. We are bringing in more uh, what what we call our associates blue shirts. We're, we're bringing in more blue shirts that are not only bilingual, uh, but they're culturally trained. So one of the things we've done as a company is we've uh, we've done a national um, uh, we've negotiated a national rate with Rosetta Stone so that anybody in any of our stores that wants to learn a language, and this does not have to only be Spanish, uh, it can be any language, uh, can sign up uh, to learn through Rosetta Stone, and actually the general manager of the store pays for his or her um, license to use Rosetta Stone. And in addition to that, in, in the sense that we're very clear that it's, you know, to do multicultural, it's not about only language, it's about culture. Um, we we do a lot of what we call e-learning and and different uh, experiences for our, 
blue shirts to really learn about the different cultures that they're trying to serve. So again, we have this core customer that we call Mi Familia. We're very clear that we um, connect with the more uh, acculturated or uh, Latino that may be more comfortable in English, but we try to make sure that we have that connect to to the culture. So it may be somebody that um, you know whose whose parents arrived here and worked really hard to give him or her a, you know, a college education, maybe the first or second person in the family that had a college education, and they've done very, very well. But they remember that the first store that they came into and they, they bought that first maybe computer for their daughter so that she could go to college happened at Best Buy. And so we, we believe that establishing that relationship with her parents in this example uh, connects us to her uh, indirectly because she will know and remember that and appreciate our company. We also know that on the, you know, on the other side of the halo, if you will, there are people that have maybe have been here for less than five years that are probably not, you know, on the credit grid to be able to come in and use, you know, they're still learning from coming from a cash society and learning what a plastic society is all about. Uh, that we are also uh, working and offering different, for example, we know that for that customer, financing options are very important. So we have several tests in different t- uh, states like California and Texas where we're, um, we're doing different uh, options from a financing perspective like pay-as-you-go uh, type of options where it's, it's more of a, about a weekly cash flow versus establishing credit. Um, we're working with a bank in Atlanta where we're, we're, we'll be, we will be giving out credit, but as people pay, they get uh, the benefit is that their credit um, interest rate goes down. So we're, we're trying to, to be very uh, creative as far as uh, connecting not only with that core target, but understanding who other, you know, we want everybody to, to feel that Best Buy is for them. So we're trying to stretch out as much as we can. What drives a customer into a brick-and-mortar store these days? And I know, of course, that you have an online presence as well. But just to take a look at that segment of the market right now, these days where there are so many other options available, what is it that drives a customer, and in the case of this conversation, a multicultural, a Hispanic customer, to your stores? Do you have a grasp on that, Teresa? Yes. Um, we, um, so we, we always understand from any of our customers that when they're, t- when they're thinking of buying a, a technology product, there's what we call techno-stress. So uh, even if, you know, you grew up here, you're, you know, obviously very, your, your native language is English, uh, technology is, is one of those things that is very intimidating. So, you know, you're, it's almost like buying a car. You wonder, well, by the time I drive it off the lot, is it going to be worth the same, right? So computers are almost the same thing. You walk in and you go, wow, I'm going to, you know, walk out of here and, and Apple is going to announce that they just launched or HP or whatever, the newer version of what I just got or the, the you know, the, a better, you know, in, in the case of television, you know, a, a bigger screen for the same price. So we, as, as a company, are very sensitive to trying to take away all that techno stress from our customers. However, with our... With our Latino customers, we, we, we talk about techno-stress to the cube. So that same techno-stress happens for every person regardless of what language or what native language they speak, right? But with, um, with a customer like a Latino who maybe prefers to speak in Spanish, and as you know, many of us, even though we're bilingual, sometimes when we, talk, when we, when we need information that is very important like technology, like medical information or like finance information, sometimes even though we understand both languages, it, it's, we want to read it in both languages so that we feel like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm certain that, that I understand this, right? So there's that language stress that we feel uh, that, that adds to the techno stress. And then 
on average, um, our you know our customer base has a lower income per capita, although sometimes per household is is equal to the general market. But per capita, it tends to be a little bit lower. So we call it sort of this this monetary stress. So that's why we call it stress to the cube because it's techno stress, it's language stress, and it's share of wallet stress, if you will, because the same. $500 that you're going to spend on a computer for a Latino in general is a, is a higher percentage of their disposable income. So we believe that, to your question of what, what makes a person you know, walk into our store and buy something, we, we believe that, that our sort of you know, anti to, to play in this is to really have a competitive price. Because... Um, we have to give some comfort to the customer that they're going to get a really, really good deal. But then is where we, we, we believe that by servicing this customer in their language of choice, explaining technology at a level that they will understand, uh, respecting their culture, um, giving them an assortment that's, that's relevant to them, um, is adds value to that experience with Best Buy. So we talk about how our our value proposition is really price plus. The plus is all of those other things that we believe a customer then, you know, sort of puts in his mental calculator and say, wow, because we know that from a uh, important study that just came out that we have parity price with Walmart, which is uh, with Latinos one of our main competitors and that we also match prices. If we can take that issue off the table, that we're you know, competing at the same level with, with everybody else, we believe nobody can touch us in service. And we, we aim to continue that. <laughs> we, don't want, we, we believe we're very comfortable in competing with service, and we frankly don't need, you know, we've achieved that uh, price parity and comparable in uh, uh, and, and and price matching. So we believe that once we take that off the table with our customers, they will understand the value that we bring to them. And so we really always want to look at serving this customer from solving that that you know tech the the, the stress to the cube that we talked with Latinos, and then bringing them into the inviting them into the store, engaging in a meaningful conversation and service level with them, and say, wow. It's cost pretty much the same here than anybody anywhere else, but wow, look at the service they're giving me. And by the way, they have my favorite Latino artist here in, in their, you know, media section, or, or they have the latest of Juanes, or, you know, so, something like that. Or, you know, they have, uh, in, in some of our stores in uh, the border, we sell different types of products that address uh, the type of customer that we get there, just like we, uh, you know, sell... In uh, Chicago, we sell a lot of Polish music because we cater to the largest Polish population outside of Warsaw, who, which happens to live in Chicago. So those are the, the specific connects that we're always trying to, to find that, that creates that added level of service. And, and by the way, um, and I don't think everybody knows this, but our, our blue shirts are not paid on commission. So we don't have the incentive. They don't have the incentive of just selling you the most they can of anything. We really want you to come back, you know, just like that example at the beginning where maybe the parents of that girl came in and bought that first computer when she was about to go into high school, and now that she's a professional, she comes back into Best Buy. So that's maybe with her parents, hopefully. And so that's, that's really developing that relationship. And, and we have great examples at some stores where we actually have customers that come in and, and will say, you know, um, oh, I came to see here, uh, I, I came to speak with Carmen. Um, and, you know, she helped me last time. And they go, well, you know, Carmen is helping that other person and they're buying this, all this computer stuff and she's probably going to be, you know, half an hour doesn't matter, I'll wait for her. So, I mean, we have people that have waited like a couple of hours because they have that relationship with our blue shirts, which is wonderful, uh, but it really speaks to the, to the value that the customer places on the relationship. 
In terms of the actual purchasing process, Teresa, do you notice that there's a particular pattern when it comes to Latinos? And is it similar to or is it different to the mainstream? Are there differences between acculturated and, accul and unacculturated Latinos in the purchasing process? I'm not sure what, what you're asking as far as... Uh Uh, I'm not clear on the on the question. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. I'll ask it differently. When you have a customer, the first thing that you do, of course, is you're, you're happy that the customer has walked in the door. That's the first step. When they get through the door, then there's a certain process. Maybe some people are there to do research. Maybe they come back a second it's, time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's sort of part of the cultural uh Learning about the cultural and culture and respect and how we feel um, the customer need, wants to be served. So, uh, as you were speaking, it made me think of just the prototypical example is that many of us, you know, our, our, our Anglo customers walk in and they sort of have this invisible shield, like walk into the store, go where I want to look at what I want to look, and just don't bother me until I'm ready to, you know, ask you a question. Some of us uh, Latinos feel that, that if we use that same philosophy as, as uh, trying to serve this customer and we go, well, the customer really wants to just go and do their own thing and figure out things. Sometimes many of us, our Latino customers, feel we're ignoring them and they feel insulted. So we've had to, from a, from a cultural sensitivity training, we've uh, made it very clear that, you know, you have the eye contact You ask, can I help you? Can I be of service? Uh, so it's, it's better to sort of be more, um, uh, have, have them, you know, be very close to them as, as they are, you know, they may have a need through their shopping experience that they want to ask you versus some of our customers. And again, I'm being very, very transparent here. We certainly don't do a great job all the time. Sometimes we've gotten feedback of saying, I felt ignored in your store. So, I mean, those are things where we need to go back to our, to our blue shirts and say, you know, don't use your same, you know, don't assume every customer uh, um, wants to be treated the same way. We also find that many of our Latino customers, uh, we have this wonderful uh, .com in Espanol, which is the only transactional uh, uh, .com uh, that exists that is fully transactional for the CES space. And so we love the fact that some of our customers go online and buy stuff through through our .com. But if you compare how .com in Espanol uh, performs versus .com in for our English and English language, um, we find that many of our customers are using the .com in Espanol as a research tool, just like the journal market does in English, but even more so in Spanish. To the point that many of our customers will walk in to the store with a printout of one of our web uh, pages that explains the computer that they want to buy because now they feel that they're, very, they're much more sophisticated in their knowledge of the product and they come in with actually much better questions because they know what they want to buy. And they really are very, um, you know, uh, sometimes we underestimate the Latino customer and we forget that... Uh, These are folks that are very, very sophisticated in their being connected part. Uh, if you look at uh, mobile downloads in the United States, a recent figure that I saw was that 52% of all mobile content is downloaded by the Latino population in the United States, which means 52% of, of mobile content is downloaded by 15% of the U.S. population, which is astounding. So uh, sometimes we get the figures that say, well, the, uh, the online penetration, the computer penetration with Hispanics is lower. So we think, wow, well, they're probably just not that connected. We forget that many of us, you know, the first thing we buy is our, is our cell phone. And by the way, we buy smartphones. We don't buy just the basic phones. We, you know, we have all the downloads and all the bells and whistles because that's really our computer. You could argue that Latinos were even 
ahead of the game because now we're going. All of us are going to our, you know, doing all our computing on our cell phones, and, and Latinos were there even before that, like Asian folks. So, so anyway, those are those are like different nuances. We we we've had we've had great success with our program of ordering online and pick up at store. Uh, because some of us prefer to look at the product and sort of touch it and feel it versus waiting for it to come through the mail. So we, we've done different things. By the way, that buy online and pick up at stores not only for the Latino customer. It was a um, one of our um, things that we did across all of our dot-com platform to serve all our customers, but we saw that it over-indexed in, in some cases with our Latino customers. So. That actually brings me to a, a question about the preferences of Latinos. One study that I saw a while back indicated that Latino consumers, even the less affluent ones, were more likely to spend a higher percentage of their income and buy the best product that they could afford. So they weren't necessarily going in and buying the cheapest computer. They might be buying the middle range or even the most expensive computer and stretching themselves to buy the best that they could because for them, those electronics like televisions, like computers that allow them to have access to entertainment and work types of products were a priority. And likewise, for mobile technology, are you seeing that to be the case among your Latino customers? Uh, absolutely. And that's why that whole, um, you know, share of wallet stress is so important. Um, we find that many of our Latino customers are very, very brand loyal. And if you think of, um, you know, the different countries that they've come from, uh, because I think we're still at about, well, the census will clarify this, the 2010 census, but the data that I've been handling for the last few years is that about 40% of the U.S. Latino population was not born in this country. So if you think of that, uh, when you come from countries where there are fewer name brands and those are the brands that you grew up knowing, so Sony is a very strong brand with the Latino community. And so uh, sometimes a, a brand like Samsung, even though it may have exactly the same quality television or you could, you know, in some cases you could say, well, maybe it's even better, uh, there's a very strong brand loyalty uh, with the Latino consumer. And uh, absolutely there is the, um, I, I think it's not only for practical reasons like, so why are Latinos buying the larger televisions? Well, you could argue that most of us have larger families, right? So, you know, we have the television, and we have it sometimes in, in the middle of the dining room because that's the biggest room in our house. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we've found in many Latino houses where this large television is basically on wheels because it goes from one place to the other. As a matter of fact, some of our stores has started to sell some stands in wheels because it was a customer need that we weren't satisfying. But there's also this part of, uh, you know, many of us, and I was very lucky, you know, I I grew up in a middle-class family in Mexico, but but many of, of, you know, our cohorts that come to, to the United States do it through very, very difficult means and, and at, at great duress for them and their family. And so there is a, a reality of some of these products have a sense of uh, empowerment to, or, or I guess, uh, give many of our Latino customers a sense of empowerment of I've made it in the United States. You know, this was my dream. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sharing this with my family. I'm going to buy the best I can. And so we've seen that this definitely happens. We see it go down as there is more and more acculturation happening uh, because there is the loyalty to the brands goes down. There's more sophistication when, you know, you grew up. You know, I grew up in, in Mexico in the point where there was only one brand of condensed milk, and it was called Nestlé. And instead of calling it, condensed milk, we called it Nestle because that was the only one that was there, right? So when you only see Sony or you only see that, one or two other brands, you become very loyal to them. When you are born in this country and you go into a store and you find that there's five or six different brands of condensed milk, 
you go, wow, I have a choice. And, and that's the same thing that happens in electronics. So the more you're used to this economy and the different, you know, certainly the larger variety of options that you have, you become probably less less loyal. You know, they really need to convince you. Sony now needs to really convince you that they're the best. So we do see that loyalty go down as the acculturation level uh, rises. And again, I'm generalizing. There's always exceptions to the rule. What about geographic location, Teresa? We know, of course, that there are Latinos in all 50 states, but we also know that there are urban areas that stand out because of the high percentage of Latinos that live there. Are you seeing that reflected in your stores, and would you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I was um, I was just pointing out there's a new magazine called, well, it's actually semi-new. It's in Chicago. It's called Café. And it has in its cover this month has a uh, head, headline that says Black Tino. And uh, I was just thinking of that as you were saying, urban areas. So not, not only are there Latinos in every state, there are Latinos in every county of the United States, including Alaska, I found out. So now, what of our, what, why are my fellow Latinos doing in Alaska? I don't know. I, I question myself being in Minneapolis, Minnesota at times, given the weather. But anyway... We are everywhere, <laughs> but but there's there's certainly uh, different nuances that that you have to deal with, given the different um, profile of the Latinos wherever they live. So the 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 reason I'm pointing out Latino is because again it's it's and, and we're trying to do a better job at this too. Sometimes it's very easy for us to. Uh, put a customer into one bucket and say, okay, this is a Latino, and we're done, right? So, no, this could be a Latino that was married to, whose parents are from a mixed marriage. So they do have maybe some African-American blood and Latino blood or Asian blood and, you know, or it happens to be, uh, you know, like me, I'm Latina and I'm a woman. So there's different, we have whole initiatives around women in this co- in this company, right? So how do we better serve the woman as she enters into a store and wants to learn about technology? It could so happen that the, that same person who's a woman and a Latina is a small business owner. And we also have efforts that target, you know, small business owners. So we have to get better at not saying, okay, I'm done with this store. It's, it's a Latino store. In particular, I can think of a store in Compton in California where um, we opened it and the very savvy uh, general manager, um, so Compton has a very strong African-American population and Latino population. And so when he opened the store, he had uh, we had just actually initiated a relationship with Magic Johnson. So he had Magic Johnson come and, you know, do the... Uh, ribbon cutting ceremony and he had also a, like a slew of mariachi bands come in and celebrate the sort of the Latino culture at the same time recognizing that those sort of nuances and, and uh, you know understanding your customer is so important. We, we talk a lot about uh, thinking global and acting locally and, uh, and now we take global to really global <laughs> But even from a national perspective, as, as my team, you know, we try to identify um, initiatives that we can take across the country that are relevant. For example, our relationship with the Chicago Fire, which is a professional soccer team that um, we believe that many Latinos connect with soccer as one of their most important, you know, uh, sport that they follow. But we also recognize that that doesn't, you know, that's not a solve for all Latinos in the United States. So we really try to be leverage our assets from a national perspective, but we also empower our stores at the local level to do things that make sense at the local level because they're the ones that best know their customer and their customer needs and how their customer pro- profile is showing up when they walk into the store. We can only trust the census data to a point. We all know that it's not exact. So... So we can't just dictate from Minneapolis, Minnesota, what the store in Compton should do. We really need to empower the general mark, the general manager, and the blue shirts that work there to to serve that local customer in a customized way. 
So, for example, Teresa, say that you are looking at a store in South Florida versus a store in New York versus a store in Texas or California, which all have very strong Latino markets, but different segments of the Latino market. Are there differences in the way that you reach out to those customers at the local level in the kinds of products that you have and in the service that that relates specifically to those segments? Uh, absolutely. It is my hope that if we were able to beam ourselves to those three stores right now, we would walk in and, and find subtle differences. And, and I say subtle because sometimes many of us multicultural marketers tend to focus on how different we are, when in reality we're more we're more similar than different, right? So we we try to we understand that the value of Best Buy is that it's a very aspirational store, and we want to keep that equity that the brand has as being aspirational. So, but, but we certainly want to tweak it to better serve the different customer needs, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say that in our store in New York, you're, if you go to our entertainment section, um, you will probably find uh, more, and, and probably New York and, and Miami just because they tend to have more of the Caribbean you know, be, between the Puerto Rican and Cuban American, uh, more of the Caribbean Latino influence, you'll find more uh, music like from the groups Aventura and Daddy Yankee and, and, and you know, salsa-ish type music. Um, you will hopefully find those stores involved in specific um, community events, and, and that's one of the things we haven't talked about, but it's when, you, when we're talking about being local, we talk a lot about showing up in the community, can, in the community in meaningful ways. Um, so maybe par- participating in the Puerto Rican uh, parade that happens in New York every year or, uh, you know, and maybe showing up in Calle Ocho in that big uh, festival that occurs in, in Little Havana. If you go into Los Angeles, uh, and, and hopefully you also find, obviously, blue shirts that are uh, relating to you and in either English or Spanish, but being very culturally aware. So hopefully their conversation maybe in in New York is around, you know, the Latino big baseball star that just did something amazing, right? Because baseball uh, resonates a little bit more than maybe soccer for that audience. Hopefully in Los Angeles you will find that our assortment from an entertainment product also uh, mimics the the um, customer base that's there. You may find uh, some additional, uh, we know that, for example, Mexican-Americans are the most underserved from a financial perspective, or or underbanked, we should say, so maybe you would find more financial options for those folks there. Uh, We do accept uh, in our stores the matricula card, which is something that's a uh, identification from the Mexican embassy and, and actually some other embassies have it. So, uh, and you'll show us, you'll you'll find us showing up and um, uh, through a relationship that we have with the Mexican consulates that we're testing right now in in uh, California and Chicago. Uh, again, uh, trying to educate people about technology and how technology can improve the quality of their life. Um, so, you know, you'll, you'll see a, diff- a, a little bit, and hopefully they're also talking about how excited they are that Mexico is in the World Cup this year and wearing our Chicago Fire uh, jerseys and their stars. So, you know, that's sort of the vision of good. When you do national outreach, is it challenging to come up with a message that is sensitive to all of these nuances of the different market segments and the cities where they are, while at the same time differentiating that market from the mainstream and from other multicultural markets. And what I mean by that, for example, is sometimes I hear people say, you know, they think if they put mariachis, it's Latino, or if they have salsa music in the background, when I walk into the store, it's going to attract me. And I don't want to hear salsa music when I'm having lunch. I want a quiet environment. Whatever it is that the individual is attracted to or not attracted to, is it a challenge for you to come up with elements that are unifying and that are sensitive to all those groups 
while at the same time being distinctive from the rest of the markets. Yeah, let me address the mariachis and that thing because I hear that the same way. So um, the reason we do we we emphasize music is because that's the product we sell, right? So for us to have Vicente Fernandez or Alejandro Fernandez, who are like big mariachi, you know, artists, is is part of selling products. So I would not put piñatas in our store because we don't sell them. I agree with that. I hate that. De- depicting Latinos with, you know, to go way back, you know, the, the I'm old enough to remember, unfortunately, the, uh, the burros and the guy with the big hat, you know, taking the siesta. And I, I mean, for many years, people knew I grew up in Mexico, and they would ask me, do you, at what time do you take your siesta, right? So I definitely would want to, you know, erase those stereotypes if I could. So the the only reason I said we put salsa and stuff like that is because it's it's the products we sell. Like we we have a new uh, section of musical instruments and we're carrying more acoustic guitars and we're going to be putting in uh, accordions in the southern part of the United States. Obviously, not because we're stereotyping, it's because we sell this stuff, so we have to do that. From a national messaging, um, we don't find, you know, again, we, we really focus on how similar we are. So um, I know an example would be Mother's Day. Mother's Day is obviously, we all have moms and we all love our moms. And uh, actually most moms like uh, digital cameras. Why? Not just because you want to you know, get the best, and, and, and it varies, right? So maybe some moms want it because they're very technologically savvy and they want like the biggest, brightest picture they can have. For many other moms, like maybe some Latino moms, maybe some, is about in 10 years from now, I want to be able to share this picture with my family who I may be going back to Mexico finally to live or something like that. So I want to make sure that those treasured memories, are, that, that I can create those, those treasured memories. But, but we start from a perspective of how can we make the customer smarter and what does smart technology mean for all those different moms? So it could be that it's the same solution for your mom as far as buying that dig- wonderful digital camera. But in the case of, of uh, maybe a Latino mom, you would go, but mom, I'm also going to buy you this you know, memory stick that you can put the pictures on and go online and send to Abuelita in Peru. And so it's, it's another product to, that hopefully our blue shirts identify and ask you, what, why, are you buying this, you know, why are you buying this digital camera for your mom, for example? And, you know, oh, really? So your mom is from where and where is her family? And, and so we try to understand not only the product you want, but how and why you're going to use it. And so uh, the message for Mother's Day could be wonderful digital solutions for your mom. And we just feel that that's a message that resonates across. Now, maybe in our Spanish language, you know, like this year we had a, a whole thing around telenovelas that is was very basically... Um, are um, focused on messaging it to our 380 stores that we have that are Latino stores that we classified as Latino stores. So all of those stores got messaging both in Spanish and English and sweepstakes around, um, you know, meeting a famous telenovela artist because we felt it was very important. We found research that showed that many Latino moms love watching telenovelas, like many non-Latino moms love watching soap operas, for example. So, you know, we're trying to take a leverage a national message, but as I was saying, you know, think national, go local, and then, and maybe local for us, for my team means 100 stores or 150 stores or 300 stores, and then make that, and, and then we added another layer where the stores could opt to even enhance that experience by taking pictures of people walking in with their moms and giving them the digital, you know, printing them for them and giving them the picture in a frame that said Feliz Dia de las Madres as a memento for just walking into a store. Some of our stores gave out, you know, uh, carnations to the moms. Some of our stores actually brought in a dance troupe and had like a wonderful like carnival atmosphere in the in the parking lot. We We enable that. We empower our stores to show up to serve the customer however they think um, they should. So that's sort of an example of a national message that we took it local. 
Um, how many stores do you have in the United States? We have more than a thousand, a thousand and I, you know, I, I really don't know. It changes almost every day. I know we're, we're opening about 50 or something like that this year and actually many of them, about 30% are going to be in Latino areas. Of, so we have about 382 stores of the 1,000 plus stores that we have that uh, we've either, uh, so basically it's, it's both understanding where they are, so if they're in, this, in an area that has 20% or more Latino population, we call it, um, uh, we've classified them as Latino, but we've also allowed our general managers to raise their hand and say, hey, the census says that there's not 20% of Latinos here, but I can tell you that on weekends, 60% of my customer base customer base is Latino. So I need help to better serve this customer. So so it's it's not sort of a cut and dry whatever the again as I was alluding before, sometimes the census data is not as updated and, and as correct as it should be. In looking at the overall picture though, if I understand correctly, a little bit more than a third of your stores right now is considered to be Latino if if we consider that you have about a thousand stores and three hundred and eighty some are Latino. Yeah. So they. (laughs) So for you, the Latino market is a pretty important market. Not not even looking at multicultural, but just looking at the Latino market as a standalone market, represents about thirty percent of your customer brick and mortar stores, right? Well, and and when I say, uh, so let me clarify that. Um, First of all, it's 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 absolutely very important because not only do 30% of our stores are classified as Latino. If we think of where the growth of this country is going to be coming in the next, you know, 10 years, obviously we know that at least 50% is going to be coming from the Latino population. So not only in this point in time it's important, it's it's obviously very important from our customer acquisition strategy to make sure that you know Best Buy continues to grow. I want to clarify that if I say 30% of stores, that does not mean that 30% of their revenue comes from the Latino population because those stores have a different mix of Latino demographic profile. So that store in Compton that I was talking about that maybe has 20% or 25% Latino obviously has maybe 30% African American. So and and others. So not all the revenue that's coming from that store can be considered Latino. We can also have a store in Fresno, California, that's 75% Latino, but still not all of it could be, you know, Latino. So um, we just classified as as stores that we need to give tools to serve the Latino customer. That's that 30%. So I just want to make sure there's no misunderstanding on that. Thank you for clarifying that. If we look very quickly, I know we're running out of time, if we look very quickly at the online aspect, because of course we know that that is a growing market overall, and we know right now that there are about 23 million Latinos that are a very young demographic that are online, then we know that the online traffic is growing both in the mainstream and even more so as a percentage among Latinos. Are you seeing that growth online? And specifically, are you seeing that in your English language mainstream website um, or and or on your Spanish language, uh, which I think is espanol.bestbuy.com website, right? Yes, thanks for the commercial there. <laughs> um, we see it in both, actually. Uh, our our .com in English had a, a tremendous, a, you know, holiday this year uh, because many of us preferred the comfort of using online, and our growth of uh, our Latino is, is is huge. Was very huge. Now our Latino site is only about two years old, two and a half years old. Uh, so we're still in a very sort of growing, acquiring customers um, mode. Um, we also interestingly have a very uh, international. Spanish language traffic to our site. So we have people that connect in Spanish from Spain, from Latin America, that are using our site to get information on products, which is really interesting too. And we're trying to connect the dots here and understand again, as I was saying, that obviously uh, us as as technology customers are not just um, 
you know, uh, only use one way of getting information. So we know that the folks that are online also want to get the information, you know, uh, through their mobile phone, that they want to tweet about it, that they want to be in Facebook about it. So we try to be in, uh, we're getting more and more into the social media and allowing folks to connect with us in either language. Uh, we're trying to be sort of um, apparatus agnostic, if you will, but we want to make sure that we make it as easy to communicate again in their language of choice to uh, to us and in, in any different uh, uh, equipment that they would like to use. So our so our .com has has done fabulous this year, and uh, we really see um, it it growing significantly. You know, continue to grow significantly in the future. Teresa, before we wrap up. Are there some suggestions that you might share with our business and marketing-oriented audience that they might be able to take and implement and learn from your experience and your insights? What three suggestions or so, what three tips would you share with our audience that can help them be better at understanding and reaching out effectively to Latino consumers in the United States? Well, I mean, I think maybe I'm, I may be a little repetitive, but I mean, yeah, we we did cover a lot of uh, different points here. I mean, I think that whole issue of um, the multi-dimensional uh, to to really understand your customer as a multi-dimensional customer, and and from my perspective, I would love to get rid of the uh, uh, the uh, nomenclature that we use when we say general market, because I really believe that there's no such thing as a general market if you really go local. Um, and and really under, I mean, I, I think what I would love, although it sounds sort of weird, is for me to not have a job in a few years, so that it's not multicultural, but it's really based on on different needs of the customer. So it could be youth that we're trying to deal with, and you were talking about how the you know the the youth is is very savvy and online, but it so happens that Latinos overindex in, in youth. So when you're thinking of a strategy for youth, yes, you should include Latino because they overindex in there. But it doesn't mean that Latino should maybe show up in every sub sub segment that you're that you're working on. So be very intelligent about understanding the multidimensional aspects of your customer would be one. Um, I, I I can't overemphasize the importance of of and, and I'm talking, obviously, my experience is retail, bricks and mortar, uh, but we're even with .com, we're making uh, the ability of going local is what I'm trying to say is so important. Uh, be it in your your bricks and mortar store, even being online, for example, online, uh, you can go to your local store and the local store has the ability of having a local page for their store that they can either have in English or Spanish or Arabic or whatever they want to have it, and they're uh, empowered to really make it local. So uh, make sure that wherever you, your company headquarters are, that you get that field input on what makes sense at the field level and that you empower them to, to really show up for the customer in a relevant way. And the other part that maybe I we didn't really talk a lot about, but we really emphasize uh, here is the community. Uh, we we are convinced that um, that the best advertising investment that we can do is not necessarily on television or radio or whatever. It's by showing up in the community and being a, an important um, you know citizen of the community and giving back. We we really believe that with our multicultural customers, especially ones that have come to this country, made it, and are successful, and are educated, and feel good about that decision, that giving back to the community and being part of that, you know, sort of um, uh, pass it forward type of, of philosophy is very important. And and we are involved in things like recycling and and stuff like that. That again can show up very locally, but it's just so important with with every community, but in very importantly with um, communities of culture, and specifically the Latino community. So to summarize, I, if I heard you right, please feel free to to jump in and correct me. I think that you emphasized four points. One 
to be very aware that this is a complex, diverse market that uh, to the youth over-index in their interest and purchase of electronics. Three, to emphasize local localizing the shopping experience. And four, to really rely from a marketing perspective on community outreach. Did I get that right? Yes, that was perfect. Wonderful. Thank you, Teresa, for joining us today from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you, Elena. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Teresa Iglesias Solomon, who is Vice President of Multicultural and Latino Initiatives for Best Buy Company, Inc., who discussed Best Buy's marketing strategy targeting Latinos in the United States. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicNPR.com. That's editor at HispanicNPR.com.